Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity line. We have a... Yeah. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird murder. One lie can completely alter the lives of many. On December 10th, 1966, a man was born who would go on a killing spree that, had one family member not lied, might have ended before the lives of seven more women could be taken. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, Sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Little is known about the early years of Alfred Gaynor. We do know that he was born on December 10th, 1966 in Springfield, Massachusetts, as one of several children, and that in the late 1980s, he managed to score his dream job as an automobile repairman, but often engaged in day labor to make ends meet. It was around this time, however, that he developed an addiction to drugs and alcohol, and in the late 1990s, began living what was described as a, quote, marginalized lifestyle. Things were heading downhill fast, and in 1995, he took things a step even further when, for reasons completely unknown, he decided to begin a years-long killing spree. The first of all victim was a woman named Vera E. Hallams. Entering her home in April of 1995, Alfred attacked the sleeping 45-year-old woman, tied her up, and beat her to death. After suffering from a fatal brain injury, Alfred then raped her body, robbed the apartment, and walked away as if it were nothing. She was found on April 20th. On June 15th, 1997, he happened upon 34-year-old Jill Ann Ermolini and lured her to the parking lot under the pretense of selling her some drugs. She was attacked, strangled, and robbed, before he ran her body over with a truck. On October 24th of that same year, he met 29-year-old Robin M. Atkins. They did some cocaine together when suddenly Alfred attacked her, beat her, 
raped her, and then strangled her to death before taking anything of worth that he could find on her body. Just seven days later, he went to the apartment of 28-year-old Joanne C. Thomas, and once there, strangled her and left, not realizing that he left behind both fingerprints and semen at the scene. Two weeks later, on November 14th, he went to the home of his longtime girlfriend, Yvette Torres, and began drinking and doing drugs with her. He then attacked the 33-year-old, strangled her, and after he was sure that she was dead, stole a video cassette recorder and a number of other items that he later sold for cash. On February 1st, 1998, Alfred went to a house to go buy some narcotics, and that same night, met 38-year-old Loretta Daniels. Agreeing to have sex with him in exchange for some drugs, they moved down several blocks, and before their encounter could even begin, he reached out and strangled the woman before sodomizing her body. She was found the following day, and like before, police found semen left behind at the scene. He did the same to 42-year-old Rosemary Downs just days later on February 10th, this time leaving her alive, but gagged and letting her suffocate to death. And on February 18th, he strangled 37-year-old Joyce Dickerson P. When Joyce disappeared, however, her daughter took immediate notice and went straight to the police. They began investigating and speaking with a witness, learned that just before she vanished, Joy was seen in the company of Alfred Gaynor and two other women. Brought in for questioning on February 27th, blood samples were taken, but despite failing to provide an adequate alibi, he was let go because at the time, Joyce's body had yet to be found, and she was still considered a missing person. That all changed, however, when she was found on March 11th, and like in the cases before hers, DNA was found at the scene that, when compared to the sample taken from Alfred Gaynor, came back as a match. He was further connected to the death of Rosemary Downs, and he was rearrested on April 10, 1998. Brought to court on April 30, 1998, Alfred was attacked by Eric Downs, Rosemary's son, and sustained mild to moderate injuries from a chair, while Eric was charged with assault and contempt of court. Thanks to that DNA sample, Alfred was further connected to the deaths of Loretta Daniels and Joanne Thomas, and in May of 2000, he was found guilty and given four life sentences without the chance for parole. Never admitting any guilt, in 2005, his lawyers attempted to win him a new trial based, amongst other arguments, on the DNA, claiming that it was there after a consensual sexual encounter, but that this did not necessarily mean that he killed the women and that he, a black man, was tried for all four murders at once by an all-white jury. The appeals were ultimately denied. Then, in 2008, Alfred suddenly turned to the Hampton County Attorney's Office and, proposing a deal, confessed to the murders of Vera Hallams, Jill Ann Ermolini, Robin Atkins, Yvette Torres, and a woman who he had never been connected to, 20-year-old Amy Smith, who was killed in June of 1996. Bringing his total victim count to nine, Alfred demanded that, in exchange for his confession, his nephew, Paul Fickling, who was charged with and sentenced to life in prison for Amy's murder back in 1997, have his sentence vacated and be given a new trial. Paul initially claimed that he was with his uncle when Amy, his one-time girlfriend, was killed. 
But in the confession, Alfred said that he was alone and that the 19-year-old was not involved in the murder at all. As the story goes, there was some sort of fight, and at some point, Alfred tied up Amy's hands, placed her in the closet, and put a sock in her mouth. She died of asphyxiation either from the sock, the headlock that Paul supposedly put her in during the fight, or a combination of the two. The men then left the apartment and abandoned Amy's 22-month-old daughter, Destiny, who later died of starvation and dehydration. According to Alfred's new confession, though, Amy was alive when Paul left the house. He raped her, and then he choked her to death so that she wouldn't be able to identify him. When Paul was arrested and charged with Amy's murder, he provided a false statement to the investigators. Had he not done so, Alfred would have likely been arrested and unable to commit the bulk of his killing spree. And seven women might still be alive. When asked why it took so long for him to confess, Alfred said that he wanted to wait until his mother passed away because he did not want to inflict any psychological trauma on her. Paul received his new trial in 2010 and in the end received 20 years imprisonment, which would take into account the 14 years that he had already served. Alfred Gaynor was found guilty of the other murders and received the same amount of life sentences. During this new trial, he expressed remorse for his crimes and finally apologized to the victims' families. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on December 11th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.